Hey boys, it's Nico. Just wanted to do a little audio disclaimer for this episode. Uh, the recording software that we use kind of was being funky, so we had to mix in some of our like backup iPhone recording as well. So if it sounds strange, that's why. Um, there's also a part where Connor's and my voice get really deep out of nowhere. Um, we left that in because we thought it was funny, so listen for that. Um, regardless of all that, we love our guest this week. MC Nanda is an amazing comedian in person and one of the first people we met doing comedy in the city, so someone near and dear to our hearts. Um, so we know you're going to enjoy the episode regardless of the technical difficulties. Um, last thing is that if you're in New York and you want to come see our live show, our next one is Friday, February 24th at 8.30 p.m. at Club Coming. We have an awesome lineup for you guys. We'd love to see you there. Um, all right, without any further ado, please enjoy our episode with MC Nanda. That's yes. And then Dana was like, Drinkables. Yeah. Oh my God. Yogurt Don't was like the, the category. So yeah. It's like the yeah. categories are uh, meat. They were innovating yogurt. yogurt in that early was like VC yes. and tech before VC <laughs> and tech became big. It was yogurt. All of the so VC good. and tech guys moved from Gogurt <laughs> into big tech. And yeah. so we lost a lot of innovation. Hi, Nico. What's up, Con? Not much. I love you. I love you. No homo. Mm, a little bit of homo for me. Just a little bit. Just a smidge. From two guys who are never part of the boys club, we want to welcome you ours welcome to boys club this is our podcast about boys and about other things like their clubs and the things we were a part of hockey and we're not a part of bagels wait did you say we were a part of hockey i wasn't me neither welcome to the club boys grab a bagel grab a bagel how are you did you see any boys clubs this week yeah i'm not sure if this i'm not sure if what i'm about to say is the boys club or the people who are not in this is the boys club, so I'll just say it, and then I'll let the boys at home decide. Okay. I don't know if the boys club is cardio or the people who know that cardio is dumb, and I don't. I'm not a doctor. I just feel like that cardio is dumb. I feel like there are a lot of people who like know something that we don't, and they know that like yeah, you actually don't need to go to Soul Cycle, and you actually like, don't need to like get your heart rate up like that. And actually, like cardio, you're just like burning away your muscle in your little body, and I feel like. That is a boys club. Okay, so my counter to this is that anybody who thinks that they have a is an exact, down to the science, universal understanding of what exercise should be, is it's, a boys club. Okay, okay, okay. I you thought should it was, just do whatever feels comfortable and right for you that day. I feel like this is such a, like a metaphor for life. Where it's like <laughs> I thought it was this or that, and you were like, actually, it's this whole other thing. <laughs> and that's the truth of the boys club. That's that, that's that's what we like to do, though. You like to come out swinging, and then I go to yeah. like, well, actually, I'm not gonna have an opinion on anything ever. <laughs> like no one knows anything. We can't know anything. Like life is meaningless, and mm-hmm. like I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about like past lives and future lives, and I'm really kind of anxious about it. Wait, actually, I'm gonna use that as my boys club today. Past lives. Is kids who have pa- have had past lives and like only children. But you know, when kids say things that you're like, where did that come from? You like spooky. Are you talking about your students? Uh, I haven't had anybody say, no, one time a girl said something crazy. Oh, what did she say? It was, oh, I can't remember what it was, but she asked me something like, like, have you, have you, is this your first, is this your first time or something like that? Uh, and I was like, doing what? And she goes, life. And how I was did like, you get up the next day? Jesus and I was Christ. like, I go, I think so. How about you? And she goes, I don't know. And like walked off and I was like, okay. Was it a soccer child? It was a ki- it was a sister of a soccer child and I so I didn't see her much the after British that but I was like a, an American soccer child. Uh if it was a sitcom absolutely, but uh <laughs> yes, it was like a little kid who was like tangential to my I'm picturing the girl life. who's in that photo where there's like a fire behind her. She's like, yes, <laughs> that was the energy cuz she was like a little bit mischievous and was like she knows something else. Is this your first time doing what? Life? And I was like, what the fuck? It, yeah so but there's like a lot of like re- re- like recorded instances yeah. and like enough to wonder enough to kind of know that it's actually for sure real yeah i mean don't rule anything out is my thought process it's on it though, because, like, <laughs> i really don't like there's not there aren't many lives that seem appealing to me other than my own and i'm just thinking about brooklyn so like when you think about like all of the lives in the universe it's like holy fuck yeah joan of arc yeah we have to go in and be Joan of Arc. But I didn't mean to cut your boys club off. No, no, no. It was actually, I realized after you started talking that I was actually, it was bad and maybe triggering to people. Is it <laughs> bad? Can you send this to Maddie and see if she's And see okay what she thinks not? about it. Um, yeah, sure. I'll check in. <laughs> but, um, Is that bad? I, I mean, I, you're just speaking to, yeah, I think that there's, a, I mean, I think many people have problems with exercise. Yeah. I recently tried to cut back on cardio because I don't want to be like 41 and like doing soul cycle. And so I'm like, we need to like start really like making action items to like minimizing this. And I was like, 
Okay, so actually nothing's changed except for I have more time in the day and a little more energy. I think that you underestimate how much natural cardio you're getting in your day from walking everywhere, yeah. going up and down stairs, subway, like even when you're working, you're right. speaking into a microphone for an hour. Like you're gonna get have you ever gone on a walk and talked on the phone and then looked at like your whoop? No, but I'm gonna call my mom today. It's crazy. She'll be so excited. I <laughs> You're like, sorry, just burning cows, that's what I'm talking about. But like even just like speaking a lot will get your heart rate. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, we're yeah. like getting our heart rates up right now. Day, <laughs> like a little bit. The days where I work. I always worry that people are like, you're being dramatic. You only work two hours today. And I'm like, you don't understand. It kills me. It drains my spirit and my soul. Not in a negative yeah. way. It's just like it's physically so much. Oh, when I have to do like all day soccer camp, it's some of the longest days of my life. You're off sides. That takes a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah. No, it's more like stop hitting each other. Don't. Why are we throwing yogurt on the ground? Why oh. are we smearing the yogurt with water? Like, no. Why are stop we giving kids try, yogurt, try to touch me. Yeah. Oh. Are they still doing gogurt? Uh, I've seen some gogurts. Yeah. Can we have a real conversation about gogurt really fast? Please. This is this podcast. Gogurt. I feel like I've never brought this up to anyone because I didn't know it was a unique experience. They used to cut my mouth and I like never said anything oh, about it. And the it's like, like little things. Yeah. And it's like, that's not normal. Were you ripping it and not cutting it across? Sounds right. Mm. Also like how gross is that? They're like slurping, slurping on it. Yogurt. <laughs> Ew. It's so good though. I can still taste it. Do you ever freezers? No, yes. no, I want to. Uh, yes. Do they still make them? Is this like? It, it... I don't think they make them anymore because I was like, well, I was, I don't know if I can talk. Oh, you could absolutely talk. Oh, okay. Well, I was. Boys <laughs> club rules. That's yeah, we we um cha- every time we just dis- change whether or not the guest can. I mean, it's always just like yeah. Whatever. The illusion of control. That's a yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny when I was on my way here, I was eating yogurt and not on the way here, but right before I left, and I had a little bit left, and I was like. You know what would have come in handy? <laughs> just like, yeah, a little to go, a little yogurt to go, and I then always... I recreated gogurt. <laughs> it was fire. See, when we were kids, yogurt was so fun, and like mm-hmm. we really have like I think lost that. And fun. toppings, there was a lot of personalization in the yogurt industry. That's yes. and then Dana was like drinkables. Yeah. Oh my God! Yogurt was like the, the category. So yeah, it's like the yeah. categories are uh, meat. They were innovating yogurt, yogurt in that the early aughts. Like VC yes. and tech before VC <laughs> and tech became big was yogurt. All of the so VC good. and tech guys moved from gogurt <laughs> into big tech, and yeah. so we lost a lot of innovation and forward movement. Do you I... tricks? Tricks are for kids. Tricks, uh, yeah. With the, and you would like mix it and turn brown. So good. <laughs> when there was like the two colors, it was delightful. And the yeah. advertising on those was really good on gogurt, uh, and you. You used to see the Cole Sprouts I was on a say, yogurt. That's a boys' club. Anybody and who went on one of those trips, I want to know. That's another yes. like we were saying before. I'm like, has anybody actually ever been on one of those Danimal sponsored trips? Who's one oh of sweepstakes? That's what I'm saying. Any sweepstakes of any kind, <laughs> boys. If you're listening and you went on a sweepstakes, write in because we need to know. There was one. I think it was a gogurt that would change color, and it had like a clear. A little clear piece of the package, and it would like change color as you ate it. Didn't they have like jokes or riddles? And like by the yes. like at the bottom, you could get it. Oh, they were doing great oh, the stuff. Riddles with that. that they had, incredible. Yeah, Wait, I don't know. Well, you actually do work with kids. We actually, I don't really know a lot about the ten-year-old experience anymore. So I don't know if they're doing this, and we just don't know. Well, about they it. definitely. I feel like all the kids that I coach. Because I live in Brooklyn and like Park Slope, they have like healthy snacks is like very big. Like definitely like the brands are like mm. either Trader Joe's or just like a healthier, more like you know, what you would expect Park Slope parents to be buying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. One time at camp, one kid brought a like sushi grade salmon in like a little bento box and was like eating it with chopsticks. And I was like, you're six. Like, oh why are you eating that? The word bento box is triggering to me. I don't think your palate should be that developed at no, that age. No, 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 no. You shouldn't want like little slivers of salmon that are mm-hmm. like so fresh. Probably caught this morning. <laughs> yeah, you should be having string cheese. Yeah, and gogurt. That's like it was. I had a yogurt. I was in a Holiday Inn Express a couple weeks ago, and I had the breakfast that they serve hot there. And I, I got it. The continental breakfast, and I got uh like just like a little whatever yo play, which I like. I grew up on yo play, like what, and it was like way sweeter than i remembered i don't know if the yogurt i'm used to eating now is just like a little bit pared back but i was like this tastes like it was like overwhelming there were microplastics in that yeah for sure (laughs) for sure plastics in there for sure plain greek yogurt is now like a thing how gross how disgusting i i don't like plain yogurt 
No, see, I, I like the personalization. I add like 18 different toppings to my I, yogurt. I miss the yogurt that would come half <gasps> with the yogurt mm-hmm. and then half the little top. And you flip it in, you flip the toppings in, you mix it up. Yeah. Loved those. They had those at our like little on-campus convenience store in college. And I used to mm-hmm. get those all the time. And it would time. be like key lime flavored and then yes. little gram bites. Little grams. Mm-hmm. Oh, it would yes. be like a key lime pie or the s'mores one. Yeah. Who made oh. those? Maybe also Yo Play. This is now a yogurt podcast. <laughs> Speaking of you, um, <laughs> we're going to introduce our guest. Our guest is so funny. She's a writer and a comedian. Can we say that? Yeah. She's a writer and a comedian and a friend of the pod. She's been a friend of the pod for a long time. And her name is MC Nanda. Hi. Welcome. How are you? Pleasure to be on the pod. It's really so excited you. to have you. I feel like you have as nico would say there's like a lot of lore around you and it makes sense <laughs> would, I, would i say that you i think i would that. use the word lore but i don't think i would say there's a lot of lore around mc behind <laughs> you said back. That someone and i was like that's beautiful i don't remember who it was but it wasn't you i promise <laughs> oh is but, that bad is it bad to have no no lore? no but i just didn't want you to imply that i'd been like i've been on here be like you're just wait till you hear our next guest wait we might need to cut this part but i do want people i don't think we've talked about our origin story on the pod but our origin story is that we met it a mic that was at East, Eastville Comedy Club. Yep. Mm-hmm. That, was that is now mic. gone. Disbanded. Sad. Everything does end. End of an era. Yeah, really Jack end Kerouac of an era. said all beautiful things must end. Or, no, I think he said the beauty of all things must be that they end. And you um, kind of, I believe like our history with you ventures back to that. Everyone, there was like a graduating class. Yeah. That mic where I'm like, oh yeah, we were in the same year. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was like all the, everybody I, yeah, like all the first people I met, I met at that mic. Yeah. yeah. And then I saw them all, the, and now I feel like I have a bond with them. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think I did my first mic at Eastville. I think me you too. Guys probably saw me do my first ever stand up. Yeah. So supportive. Yeah, it was and a great. Everyone was so good too. Yeah. yeah. And it felt like, and people would be like, "This is like a show." I'm like this is actually. <laughs> it a was show. like a show. It felt like a real. And like I remember the first time I saw you there, you were in your pink hat. Cute. You were sitting on the side, and I remember like the second time I saw you, you waved at me. And I was like, oh, I'm making a friend. That's crazy because I have social anxiety. So it's huge of me to do that. No, but it was like very you. You're like curled up in the side, just like a little wave. I remember standing next to you at the bar. And the bartender, we might need to delete this, I think had really bad anxiety. But I didn't realize that at the time. I was just like, this person hates me. The woman who used to work there was always mad. So scary. Always mad. I think it was like an anxiety thing. Like she had like really bad social anxiety, but happened to be a bartender. That's kind of you to extend her that. (laughs) Because I think she was just mad to be there, which is also fine. I do think that generally when people, if someone is off-putting, you have to imagine they have debilitating social anxiety. Yeah, there's no way anyone It just sucks. Yeah, you have to have social anxiety. But yeah. you were there. I can still hear the um the sound of the chairs moving. Like it's like <laughs> it was very like assembly, like it like kind of felt like we were in London in the forties and the war was coming and it was like, Do you kind of <laughs> did you get that? Like I don't know yet. I remember when people would go though, and I remember there would sometimes be random people that would just show up. Yeah. And I would be like, Oh, maybe they're agents. <laughs> <laughs> and I like looked, A birthday party. I look back. A straight at that. family birthday party. Yeah. I remember that. Oh my one. god, that I one was that crazy. One. That's... And then every once in a while, someone random would bring eight of their friends to watch them do stand up, and I was like, "That takes such emotional." Strength. Yes, and you want to be like the person who knows what a bringer is, and you want to be like, "You have to save these people." Yeah, <laughs> you have to save them. You don't want them to know that there is a free option. Yeah, you can. You but can yeah, them. and then it's so funny because I've done a few shows that I've done really well, and I'm like, "Whatever, it's been really great," and I'm like, "And I wish I brought them." Yeah, and then I'm like, "You should have come to this one." And they're like, "One of my friends used to look, or a bunch of them used to." Look at my Google location when I said I had a show. Like, look at find my friends, That's and so they were funny. like, "We know where you are, and we're not coming, but we are supporting you. And, like, we want to come." And I was such like, nice friends. That's nice. That's funny. Yeah. So, I the first big show I ever did was actually was Last Drop back when they had it on Runaway Roof. Maddie and Caroline had me on. That they they met me at Firestarters and were like, "Oh, Everyone. this person's funny. Like, we should have him on." I remember I they booked me on Last Drop when they were in that weird that space where it was like, Rubilad. Rubelod, yes. Yeah. And I was so nervous about doing it because I didn't know how many people were going to be there. And then I got up and I almost, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I started doing comedy too soon. And I remember Jesse Ballard. The way you said I started doing comedy too soon, go on. Bless <laughs> her heart was like, you need to go up. This is, you're an idiot if you don't go up. And I was like, okay, I need to do it. And I was a PowerPoint on Hans Christian Andersen. Yes. 
was great. When you need it most, Jesse Ballard is there to be the wind under your wings. And Wait. like a, yeah, I was like, I need like some more like delusional sense of self. Yeah. And I feel like Jesse's really good at being like, you are the best, pr- like you are incredible. Like at yeah. that moment, we were like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Really I, find, I hope that. she listens to this, but if not, that's okay. I we'll find send her, it to her presence right to be so disarming because I get anxiety sometimes and like yeah. prickly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And then when I see Jesse Ballard, I'm just like, what, is, what are we mad about? Yeah. What's, yes. the, what's the problem? It's like, it's like coming home every time yeah. you see her. It really yeah. is. Yeah. She's... And you're like, I wish I felt as comfortable as you look and seem all the all time. All the time. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing that brings me more like pure like ecstasy than dancing with Jesse. At, a, yeah. at like a bar. It is yeah. just the most fun. She runs the room. She you does. You could leave her at an Amish farm. You could put her anywhere. She'd be like, actually, that was so much fun. <laughs> Learned a lot. The drama is crazy. Like, she would have a whole, like, you could really throw. I'm surprised she hasn't been asked to be in more cults. I know. Because the vibe is so good. I know. Like, you know what? You're actually great. She was cracking me up because, well, she is, uh, she believes she's cursed because she threw a Bible out. I don't know, or threw it away, or did something with a Bible. I forget the exact story. She did something with the Bible, threw it out, but she feels like she's cursed. And we're going to New Orleans for Mardi Gras, and she's like, when we're there, I have got to see a witch (laughs) or a voodoo person about this. Do they have those there? Is that where we would find one? Certainly voodoo's big there. I mean, our guests might be able to speak more to that. I'm from Louisiana. Oh, my God. Have you you been to New Orleans, like, a a good amount? Honestly, I haven't been to New Orleans that much. I feel like when you say you're from Louisiana, normally someone just, like, launches into how much they love New Orleans. Totally. And then I'm like, I live five five hours north. Do you know Baton Rouge? Yes. Are you from near Baton Rouge? (laughs) It's the capital. Um... No, I'm not near Baton Rouge. I'm closer to Dallas. I'm in like the Bible Belt. No and offense, Baton Rouge was kind of a scary place. Shreveport's kind of a scary place. Did you watch True Blood? That's the only... Yeah, people know it because of that. And then in every country music song, when they say they're on their way to someplace, they always say like, stopped by in Shreveport and then headed on our way. <laughs> it's incredible. I love it. But you should go down. They have a bunch of witches and voodoo if you feel like you have a curse on you. I would love to see a, a good psychic. Place to go. I want to watch whatever happens to Jesse in this process. I'm fascinated. Wait, I just remembered, and you might have an opinion on this. I hope my parents don't listen to this, but I don't care if they do. I emailed a shaman <laughs> yesterday, and I have a call with him tomorrow, and he does like psychedelic, like guided psychedelic meditation tours at Soho House. And I was actually excited to talk to you because I was like, this is just giving MC. Like, this MC, this is very hurt. I would love to go to Soho House for a guided psychedelic. <laughs> a sound bath, mushrooms. They, like, ask you about your, like, the truth. And, like, so I just. <laughs> the truth. <laughs> Capital T truth. Yeah. Capital T truth. So I'm, like, very, I'm, like, going to get the tea today and then report back. Okay. Please let me know how it is. Wait. So how did you get to this point? Where did you find this person? So I ran into this girl that I work with on the street and I mm-hmm. like her a lot. And she's lovely. She's kind of like your vibes. She like has filler. She wears a lot of jewelry. You don't have filler, but like, do you know what I mean? You don't have filler. We talk about this. I want to clarify. I've never gotten any work done despite multiple people asking me recently. Wait, because when I got the talks, I literally wanted to tell you because I was like, I don't know if she got it or not, but I think that she will understand. Yes. And like, yeah. No, your face is perfect, but she's your vibe in that she also has a perfect face. It just took her more money and longer time to get there. You know what I mean? And yeah. then so, but I like ran into her on the street and I was like, yeah, I did shrooms the other day, blah, 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 blah. And it was okay. incredible. And I had like a lot, I had some incredible realizations that I cannot even reveal on the pod. I have a note on my notes app. It just says, wait, let men love you. And then so I feel like that was like, yeah, let men love wait, you. I've been saying that to you. I feel like I'm very just like, no. And then like, I'm very like controlled and guarded. And it's like, oh, oh, I don't know. But then, so I ran into her and, Yes. That she heard about. And so I sent him an email. And I'm like, very, I'm extreme. Ayahuasca scares me. So I Oh, I can't. I know multiple people that have done ayahuasca ceremonies. And they always describe it in a really positive light. But my face throughout the conversation gets more and more stressed out. And by the end, they're at this like jubilant, like, and then I discovered myself. And I'm like, I would I would commit seppuku before doing an ayahuasca. That retreat. sounds really. It just sounds extremely out of control. I think it's good to cultivate a healthy distance from yourself. We don't need to know each other. We don't need to know ourselves that well. I think 
modern society has made us feel like we need to be so in touch with ourselves all the time, I, it's always good to cultivate a healthy distance between you and your inner inner self. Have you done shrooms? No. I totally... I, I feel that too, because sometimes I feel like I overanalyze everything about myself. Like, I just am, like, constantly, like, trying to break down every emotion and everything, and sometimes it's like... Maybe you don't need to know every answer to all these things. And we weren't meant to metabolize that. And I think so much of the self-help industry or so much of like modern self-help is just hyper-individualistic narcissism marketed as like discovery and empathy. And it's like to know yourself, you just need to know other people and you don't need to figure yourself out. Yeah. Perfectly fine with that at the risk of sounding very corny. No, no because no. it's so you're so right in that I feel like so many people are like tr- Focus so much on like Understanding themselves as an individual rather than understanding how they fit into their community and their ecosystem And it's like you're right. It's so self-absorbed and it's not like and it's guised as this like way to be a better person But it's never rooted in community and how you fit in with anything else. Yeah, and I find it to be such an unempathetic Unlike just ignorant view of self-discovery and like inward progression like mm-hmm. how do you get anywhere by going deeper inside I don't know I just don't really buy into that and I find it really difficult that so many discussions now are plagued by like this weird hyper individualism that is so corrosive to any sense of community or well-being yeah but I think I'm not a good candidate for ayahuasca <laughs> Because with shrooms, why not? And I don't like shrooms. 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 Love. Okay. I think they're incredible. They changed my life. I feel like shroom chocolate. I just don't consider to be shrooms anymore. Fair. And I, because also, what is the deal with shroom chocolate? I feel like all of a sudden everyone started doing it. It's in every bodega. Yes. Yeah, it's like legal. I don't even know. Like it feels like it's like like technically. I got it on the internet. Yeah, it came right to my door. Yeah, I don't. I just don't like any side I don't like feeling out of control of myself and anytime I do them I do enough to fit in so I feel like I feel a weird sense of peer pressure even though there's not actually any peer pressure but I'm like yeah I'll take some and I never take enough to feel anything because I'm like I I don't want to I don't want to know any I don't want to do this I think that shrooms honestly what is a little scary about them is they like kind of take two hours to hit not always and it's so dependent on what's in your stomach and like what your dosage is and like the way that you're consuming them but like you give your, you have to like give yourself time. But then like if you don't take enough, then it's like okay, this didn't work. But then if you take too much, then you're like it's like edibles where you're like I'm yeah. never gonna the one time you get it right, it's amazing. But then yeah. you're gonna it has a one percent success rate, I think. For yeah, me. no edibles, weed freaks me out. I can't do weed. Go on. But I I was like oh I actually don't need to know myself that well. I don't I don't want to feel love all the time. Yeah. I feel like with shrooms, because what you're describing are people who are like, I want to see my inner person, my inner child. I feel like shrooms more, the way they describe it is like it rewires the brain or helps you like form new patterns of thinking. So if you're anxious, then you can like step back and be like, wait, this like web that I've weaved is insane. Mm -hmm. And then when you come off of them, which I don't know if it is true of alcohol or weed, like you keep that a little bit like you're gonna like remember what it was like to like look at that in a different light Mm -hmm. and you carry that with you yeah so when is the shaman i don't know i have a call with him tomorrow (laughs) and when is the soho house so you meet with him and then you go to soho house if the call goes well do you have to oh you have to be selected i don't know are you doing a self-tape wow i'm so nervous that's a boys club counter wait and i have further questions about this do you are you allowed to be a non-soho house member and do this (laughs) well that is also an incredible question like are they just gonna let any to enlightenment is only for soho house members that is so fucked also yeah that's like actually i'm obsessed with the one percent gets to like be enlightened and see them true their true selves i mean yeah. they get to do the sound bath also what yeah. the fuck is a sound bath it's where they do these huge bowls and they go around and they do them a bunch and then it creates this weird reverberating like like effect. a almost like an ohm when i do shrooms yes, i just yeah. want to listen to muna so i'd be like can we do muna, <laughs> muna sound bath? or midnight's by taylor swift exactly. yes your boys club my boys club was about um was about the kids who speaking of Oh, being past in touch lives. with yourself yes. kids who have seen past lives um that is spooky as hell yeah but i i just really i love what you're saying because i have been feeling this a lot too and i feel like we're i've experienced this so much in like 
and you have a great joke about this that's like i think kind of on this like topic but about like people in specifically in brooklyn and like queer people who like sometimes will like almost weaponize their inner findings or whatever to make themselves kind of allow behavior that i find to be like just not great um and to like use identity politics as a way to like i don't know just weaponize behavior that is not helpful to like a community that they're existing in i mean we all know the joke about like my room my non-binary roommate won't won't wash the dishes or whatever but like i don't know i just find that that's a like a similar thing where people are like so focused on being like well i like xyz and i have to do this for my mental health and then they just completely forget that they live in a world where they have to be in community with people yeah yeah you know and at what your personal quote-unquote spiritual gain yeah <laughs> decimate like yeah an entire community it is such a weird phenomenon and it's particularly like i find incredibly corrosive to any sense of community mm-hmm. or sense of self and i think even cultivating a distance from yourself you often know yourself better than going in some weird intimate journey where yeah you're just burrowing deeper I don't yeah think and I'm just finding that I'm so much more interested in, like, learning about other people than my... I'm like, I'm stuck in this goddamn brain for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'd rather just talk about other people and think about other things sometimes. Yeah. You know? Oh, and this I is know. the time in most of our lives where we're meeting the most people, where you're meeting incredibly interesting people. We're in such a diverse city and meeting yeah. so many wonderful people. It's such a loss to only think about yourself yeah that's beautiful well this is something i feel grateful now i don't know if we had this conversation or if maybe jesse or maddie told me about it but um and we don't have to talk about this if you don't want but i they were mentioned that you sometimes go to uh go to mass Mm -hmm. to like meet people in your community which i think is so cool like i admire about you that i feel like you are really good about like seeking out community that goes beyond just like the people we would more naturally run into if we stuck to our social circles yeah i think that's something that's been lost really in the past like decade or so in like Mm -hmm. american life i think it's also something maybe that's in new york in general but i recently and i'm not saying i like go to church every week or anything but making an effort to get to know my neighbors and i do go to a church near me and when i do go i make sure to talk to the people around me Mm -hmm. and it is such a great way to meet new people especially outside of your own community my brother who one of my I have two older brothers but one of them decided to start doing a walking club in his neighborhood um in San Francisco and now one of his best friends is this like 98 year old man and I went a few months ago they had their like one year anniversary of doing these walks Mm -hmm. and a bunch of people in his community they did a potluck afterwards but it was really inspiring all of these people in his neighborhood some of which were like, you know, elderly people and then a lot of people a lot younger than him. But it was really great to, you know, hear like a seven year old woman be like, you know, this is like makes my life like this is you've changed my like life. I tell all of my friends that are in elderly homes or live in different neighborhoods that they should try to create something like this. Like this has added such meaning and value to my weeks yeah. in such a crazy way. That's been really wonderful. Oh, that's so beautiful. I, I feel like one area... Connor's stunned. I'm like, I don't know any old people. Well, so that's what I was about to say. I feel like there's like one area. I mean, obviously there's all kinds of different like diversity uh, lacking in our, that we could always be better to like find ways to like bridge those gaps. But I think one that is overlooked a lot is age. And one thing that I really like about my job. Not only do I work with children, but like I know their parents. And so like I'm I'm around people of like ages that I wouldn't otherwise really be around. And it makes me feel like I am so much more connected to my life here. And I'm like, oh, this is how other people in this city live beyond 25 year olds that I know who are doing the same thing I'm doing. This is kind of adjacent. I'm bringing up girls again. We bring up girls. We bring up girls a lot. Uh, is everyone re- did you guys did you see that tweet that was like I, this? I was just and I, I'm trying to st- I'm getting into this thing where I'm trying to stop myself from referencing social media in conversations but the but tweet that we saw that was like a looming recession means that everyone's rewatching girls and I found that so astute and wonderful and such a yeah. sign of the times that somehow everyone woke up are and- you rewatching girls yes Wait, I'm rewatching I girls well, I'm and watching it for on the first tiktok time. Yeah, my algorithm I'm watching it for the first time too oh we're all watching girls it. for the first time you're rewatching girls I was. It, it it's makes me such cry. There are moments where I'm like, I'm crying now. Yeah, and so it makes me scream at the television. We don't have a lot of. Um, I, I there haven't been more recent examples. I feel of that like true like dramedy style. monoculture. 
not monoculture. Band. No, it's okay. It's okay. Oh, slay. Um, um, no, not monoculture, but like a, a, a dramedy that has like, I don't know, because it, it has such a strong narrative and such like deep emotions, but it also is very funny. Yeah. Like it balances it so well. Less so the other two a little bit. I think it's like mm. can play with emotion. Yeah, but that's a, a comedy. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. The range of girls, though, episode to episode, and that like high to low arc that you go through each time is like very wonderful. Mm-hmm. And she's such an astute. The dial. It's like a really. It's an incredible. It's also so funny though. I find in that show where everyone else is acting, and then it pans to Adam Driver, and you're like, oh, he's like a real, like, and he's giving it his all, yeah. and you're like, oh, and it's like Lena Dunham doing some, like, goofy dance, and then Adam is, like, really giving it, and you're like, wow, this is incredible. Yeah, he is, like, clearly, like, far and away the best actor on the cast. Not, no shade to the rest of them. They're obviously all very good, but, like, he's, like, a tr- like he's a true, like, actor. Like, <laughs> Yes. I think it's hard, too, with dramedies or things like that i don't know if you guys feel this way with people around our own age where i think it's hard to toe that line of ending an episode and feeling anxious about your own life and your own standing especially when the characters mirror a lot of obviously it's supposed to be a universal Mm -hmm. experience of being in your 20s but i think what that show does really well and sex in the city also does really well is they're dealing with like really intense topics of loneliness and alienation and all these things or not fitting in and I, I never end that show being like, oh my God. Whereas when I saw Frances Ha, I was like, I need to go to law school immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, oh my God, Frances Ha. That was the first thing I noticed when I watched it for the, like the first season. Cause I've watched the first season and then, um, got carried away with another show and then came back, just started watching the second season. And, um, I think for a while it was like visceral for me where I was like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. You know what I mean? Because I was like, I was projecting my own anxieties because it's like, because a lot of, I feel like what she's doing is like, what if I said exactly what I felt and didn't Mm -hmm. do the polite thing? Like what if all these characters just lived out like the, like what I wish I could say in every fucking scenario, which is a little bit amazing. But at times you're like, no, don't do that. Like that's, that's crazy. That you see so much of, I think that's why it's also so unpopular among like Brooklynites of that era. I feel like so many women I know, like publicly derided that show when it first aired or would talk about it in tones of, you know, oh, that was such a bad show. And then in rewatching it, I'm like, oh, that must hit really close to home. And it even hits close to home for me. It's yeah. really funny. What you said that made me think of it was how there's all these like people that are like living different lives and you like need to branch out. And I think that the main character energy in me watches that and it's like, this is about us because like we're queer and we live in Brooklyn and this is us. <laughs> but then like Jessica getting married and like throughout the series, there are certain things they do where I'm like, no, I don't know. And I know suspension of disbelief or whatever, but like, it's like, I don't know a single fucking person doing that in Brooklyn. And yeah. we're girls. We're yeah. the girls. We are the ladies. as Shoshana would say. So it's like, what are you talking about? And then it's like, actually you there's Brooklyn is so large. The city is so large. And I'm like, maybe there are groups of people and like, this is them. And it might not be about, like I'm sure ele- there's elements that are about us, but like I think it's I don't know. It's like not. It's easy to be like this is my friends, and I don't relate to the part where she gets married at 24, and it's like well, someone else in the city probably is getting married at 24. Yeah, I know. My client Madeline. Yeah, that was the only part of the show where I was like, this doesn't feel accurate. But I guess you're right. That maybe to somebody it is. To someone, yeah. When um, what's her face gets married, but oh, it's. So I good. find it to be so comforting. In that there are certain horrible, and you're like, don't do that. But comforting. Did you see Young Adult with Charlize Theron? No. Irrelevant. Then <laughs> there's something about them doing things like <laughs> the breakups and the sadness and the jobs where you're like, oh, this makes me feel at peace. But then also, like I, I said to Rachel Horwitz when she was on, I was like, what's Marnie's issue? Because there's part of you that's like, okay, where did she go wrong? Like you literally want to know. Like she went wrong with Desi. We all have a Desi in our lives that we're not supposed to marry because they're going to ruin our lives. We all have a Jessa who we're not supposed to be friends with because they're going to fuck us up. And it's like, okay, like who are these? I don't know. There's like cautionary tales in this that you like want to apply to your own life. Yes. Mm. So you're trying to sense. you're trying to place those characters onto your life to see where you should not. Yeah, I want to okay. map everything onto me. Which shows what how great of a show it is that yeah. you want to take that and apply it to your own life or yeah. see exactly chart point for point. It's it, yeah. I mean obviously it's been a decade since it came out, so it's not like to call it evergreen is maybe too soon of a thing. But it is interesting that I feel like I'm watching it now a decade later from when this and imagining that she probably wrote it. 
five years before it actually made it to HBO. Like, it does somehow still, like, the, the themes that you're talking about, like, the isolation and things like that, it just, it's so ever-present still. And it's yeah. probably only going to get worse considering the way that, like, tech is moving and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I, that's one of the things I love about it, too. I'm like, this feels like it's captured... Probably it's could, could capture like a forty year span of the way that like young adults lived in New York. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Until like there's a big huge cultural shift, I feel like this will be like really telling of a certain time of of existence. Yeah. Wait, what's your answer to what's Marnie's issue? I don't know. I'm still on season two, but I took a online, I took an online questionnaire to find out who I was, uh-huh. as so many people do. And they said I was a Marnie, and huh. I remember. I'm a Marnie. Go on. I, I remember feeling such shock and betrayal, and then I was trying to think of who else I would be, and I think that's what is upsetting about Marnie's character, at least from what I've seen in season two, is you feel like she wants to do everything right, and we yeah. so often fail, and I think we often think at this age that our lives accumulate and we create meaning and some sort of like linear progression, but that's not how life works. And that is disheartening. Yeah. Someone on Reddit said there was like a nice reframe about Marnie is that of all those people, she is the most loyal one. Like she's relentlessly <laughs> loyal. And like, that's the only maybe positive thing you can say about her is that she's like there for her people again and again and again. And like, I don't know if you can say that about anyone else on that show. They all are like betraying each other rest left and right. Wait, you can't, you're spoiling for the both of us. Cause we're Did not, I spoil? Well, just, I, we have not got, at least, I don't know how far in season two I'm you not, are. No, yeah, I'm not that far. But okay. I, nobody's ruined anything for anybody yet. Okay. The, the rest of them are Cox and Marnie is loyal. That's all I'll say. Okay. okay. I guess we'll find out. Um, Who's ain't loyal? Should we uh, should we ask him about some boys clubs? What's a boys club that you're in? No, not in. Okay, I'm a part. There of... aren't many. Yeah, I'm. I think the biggest boys club I'm a part of now is Red Meat. Ah, so many people have said to me that they were a vegetarian, and by so many I mean two, that they used to be a vegetarian and now they're not. I feel like Red Meat's coming back. I feel like it was out for a while. I think the pendulum is swinging. My issue is I've never, I've never been vegan or veget. Like I've always kind of eaten meat, but I think the algorithm is feeding me more meat-related things. <laughs> I live beneath a butcher, okay, and I'm become good friends with people. I know exactly where you live. Go on. Yes, <laughs> I know you know where I live. Because you said butcher. But I love meat culture now i think it's a really fascinating grill culture is incredible the big green egg like smoking i think it's just really nothing makes me feel more like virile than a huge steak with some butter on top and it feel you feel like i feel like osmosis jones moving through my system you know (laughs) like i'm like the the meat is going right to where i need it to yeah. yeah, it does feel like the most natural thing of being like, well, I'm made of red meat, so I should like replenish that with some. Oh my God, we're made of red meat? Well, you would, yeah. And it's just good for you, but I do agree. I think it's so funny that veganism is moving out towards like ancestral cookie. I don't know if you guys follow mm-hmm. Liver King. No. Mm-mm. But I have heard of like more leaning into like what you would have eaten at a different time yeah like paleo almost yeah but then i started following this meat influencer just for the recipes and (laughs) then i slowly realized she was like QAnon, and i had to unfollow her and it was really hard they'll sneak up on you like that Mm -hmm. and i was like we're just getting wholesome content of you on your farm and then the next minute there's like a black screen story with a bunch of white texts about satanic rituals and you're like it was really disheartening that's rough that's so rough i do love i love the like i anytime i watch like cooking shows though i i really love when they do like big meat things because it's like it takes like eight hours of them like brining it and all the shit that they have to do and it's like marinating yes and it's such a process and it's so patient it's like it's art you know it's like it's such a like They've gotten it down. Yes. I really dislike easy. This goes into actually a boys club that I'm not a part of, which is optimization. Like I feel I'm not into like tech bro height hack like culture. And I feel like whenever I see recipes that are, and I know some people don't like cooking, but it's like, I'll see recipes that are like, you can put this together in 30 minutes. It's like, I want to be marinating for eight hours mm-hmm. after that. Like, I like a really complex recipe. I find it so soothing 
to do something that's not super constructive time-wise. Yeah. It's such a wonderful feeling to marinate a lamb leg for People an hour. cooking like that reminds me of bittersweet reference, the perfect and beautiful world. What's it called? You got it right. The perfect and that's that? And that's growth. Okay, so it's our. It's the only book on the Boys Club book. <laughs> and the, the idea is that like there are these moments that they come and they go, but they are like kind of like in your blood and your DNA and your history or whatever of like the moments where like everything was perfect and beautiful and like to their like your Garden of Eden moments and yeah. So like to me, one is like Sunday nights as a child. How it was the only night of the week my mom would cook because feminism and <laughs> she would just be like a long giant roast and it would always be October and the football game would be on and, the, and then the amazing race and it was like the, the whole day should be cooking yeah incredible. yeah incredible yeah. yeah I know I always loved to like when my parents are big into like like spaghetti and sauce so- and like red sauce was like the the core like the if there's a number one meal in the Carney house it was spaghetti and meatballs and like that was are like you Italian you are Italian obviously I'm fifty percent yeah and um, 50%. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's partly on my mom's side and partly on my dad's side but it, it equates up to fifty percent in me so each um, of them you have two one grandparent is full and then another grandparent is full correct. Oh, cool. But on, on opposite sides. You're like, you can do math. Yay. No, but the, I mean, and genetics no, even. True. Um, that's a Punnett square. Uh, so, oh my God, I can't do whatever you said. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, uh, yeah, I feel like the, the, like, the hours long, like making the meatballs and, the, and like the red peppers and onions and all that stuff is like, it does feel like. It feels so safe. Soothing. Yeah, yeah, it's so good to do things that are not constructive to time. I'm really trying to be better about my because I just that's my like anxiety will manifest and I and I think part of it is I one of my and I was almost gonna bring this up as my boys club today but my fucking least favorite TikTok trend ever that I ever see are the ones that are like watch what I do in a day and it's like and it's like these guys who like work they're like I get up at four and I'm not this is not an original thought I think so many people hate these but like I get up at 4 a.m. and I and I do this and then I'm typing and, I'm, and like just Grind all the shit they do head. there's yeah. not one other person ever featured in the video it's like just them it like really goes back to what we were talking it's about earlier uncle. about the like personal optimization he's alone my you know alone. yeah yeah and it's just like oh my god that what a lonely 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 life and great oh. you've gotten it your day down to a science but like are you happy at all yeah there's so many writers that have written about this so beautifully but it is like such a hard thing where it's like you should spend not every second you need to optimize and i agree watching those videos makes me so nauseous and truly <sighs> depressed for the state of the world and like the day in the life of like a tech worker where I'm like, this is just so dystopian and mm-hmm. weird and mm-hmm. makes me feel so sad that like the one free time you have during your day, you spend stretching your hip flexors. <laughs> and it's like, why, why do we care? Yeah. I think it's yeah. a year, It's like, well, I think it's an American thing to operate like that. Cause yeah. was, when I went to Ireland, like even in Dublin, there was definitely like this and I didn't like it at the time. I was like, I want to get back to the part where we go fast. Like, yes. there's just, like, a piece. You're 23, and, like, you don't really know what's happening or where you're going, and you maybe aren't in school, and you, like, never went to school, and, like, maybe you'll go to school, maybe you won't. And it's just, like, much more, like, the expectations of what people will become. It's just, like, there aren't any. Yeah, Whereas, it's such a uniquely American thing. Yeah. I hate them. I lived in Paris for a little bit uh, a few months ago, and I was working in, like, a co-working space office, and... If I ever worked past six, the janitor would come and be like, we're shutting off the lights. <laughs> and they would like, tell me how to shut down. And I would be the only person in this like huge co-working space. And no one else was working. They were like, no, we like value our time. Yeah. Literally in London. I went to London 2019 right before COVID happened. And it was like the week between Christmas and New Year's. And I wanted to go to the gym there to see what the workout classes were like. But I ended up going to SoulCycle in London <laughs> because it was the only thing that was open because they literally shut businesses down to take time. They just like literally closed everything. Do you like SoulCycle? Um, I like the I like the parts of it that I like. I like the instructor that I like. Okay. Low. I think Low is incredible. In general, it's like fine. Okay. I'm curious. I also I'd love to know. break up with it. I, you know how I feel about cardio. I think cardio is like ten times a time. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I was going to say too. When you guys were talking about that, I feel like so many people also view workout as this you're punishing your body yeah. and it doesn't yeah. need to be. I think people that go to berries really ha- like. You have to have such a, in my mind, you must have such self hatred to go to a berries and work out in like a red lit. 
there is something that I feel kind of QAnon about where I'm like, this is about satanic berries. ritual. I'm like, the they're in light. a dark red room so in a basement. That was my boys club one time is berries. Because, <laughs> in specifically berries. Because to me, berries, it's like everyone looks particularly unhappy. But mm-hmm. also it's 2 p.m. on a Thursday and you're paying $40 to run on this treadmill. So it's like your life can't be that bad. Yes. I did berries once and I was shocked. I was like, I can't. I can't do this. This really bums me out. I was no, like overwhelmed. Like and I'm not good at working lights. out. Like, I'm not good at working out in that way. I need time. And when someone's yelling at me, I'm like, just give I'm, I'm figuring out how to do it. <laughs> like, I can't. What I, I feel like I was on Dance Moms. I yeah. was like, I can't. Oh Wait, God, I want yes. you to come to my class and see if you think I'm in And, like, the ranking. That was, like, one of my favorite boys' clubs that's ever been said. Because the red, and then somehow you said red meat, and then it led to this conversation about stillness and like optimizing time i was like oh fuck yeah because i find that one of the things i struggle with so much is being so anxious about yeah i have to be productive i have to like that isn't that i know and then you feel so guilty that you're not doing anything yeah it's terrible and especially with like all of us having you know multiple jobs at a time you know really you know yeah. you're doing comedy you're also a job so like there's and there's like in comedy it's like if you stop it'll, you just stop. Like, you know, you can just, it's so easy to just stop. So, like, you kind of have to keep your foot on the gas a little bit if you want to keep doing it. And that feels like a lot of pressure all the time. That is the fear. The fear is, literally, it's that. It's that, like, the if fear I is break, that it's just that easy. If I break this <laughs> habit, I'll just, like, completely end it. Yes. I mean, I think that about, like, sometimes I feel like my brain is just, like, this weave of, like, oh, my God, this is dark. But it, it's not dark. Of, like, eating disorder anxious sobriety boy that like has this like world that only makes sense if it's in this like particular way and and I think that's what like my therapist pushes back on of like okay like what if for a Saturday like you didn't work out not one time and you went to the park and you like you and I feel like I'm always trying to like get away from to somewhere so I it goes back to optimizing time and it's like that is not a sustainable way to live. I think when I said that I don't want to be 41 in Soul Cycle, it's going to like, yeah, I don't want to go to Soul Cycle five times a week because I have to when I'm 41. That's crazy. I know. Someone was telling me something about their grandmother being anorexic still That's at like so... 89. Uh... And I was like, I, I can't. But it is funny though too, because when I, I'm like, oh my God, like optimization, we need to, you know, Jenny O'Dell, we need to learn how to do nothing. But then I'll spend an hour on TikTok and I don't feel bad about that because the synapses in my brain are just not functioning during that time. So I don't even think of that as, because you're not doing anything, you're just (laughs) shooting yourself in the head with like stimuli. Yeah, Yeah. I was in Chicago and I was just like signing lease after lease and I was like, what is the plan? And it's like that, it's like, hey, with your uh, eating disorder, uh, what's the the end game? What's the Mm -hmm. outcome plan? Because what if you're going to be 89? And, like, people aren't going to care about your body. And that day, that can be today. That can be today. today. And you don't have to worry about it as much. But to your point about, like, the older people having these things that still, it's like, god damn, I hope that, like, my therapy is, like, good enough that I don't still have whatever ruminating in my mind when I'm 85. Yeah, I wonder what that's going to be like, what your grandkids are going to be mad at you for, or feel like, oh my god, thank god I don't do this. I feel like it's going to be like, grandma, you can't talk about robots that way, and I'm going to be like, and and I don't care. (laughs) Maddie and I say the same thing, we're like, I think the thing that's going to be our, like, version of the the thing we can't get over is if people start having relationships with, like, AI, like they did, like, I mean, there's already been a movie about it, like, her. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be the guy told his favorite movie was her. (laughs) I forget like who said that. I find that to be a red flag. I absolutely, absolutely. No, absolutely. anything I like, Spike Jones. I'm a little anything with a guy who has a mustache as the lead. I'm like, that's your favorite movie. Mm-hmm. That movie rubbed me the wrong way. I haven't rewatched it at all recently. It was just like giving Seattle the whole time. Yeah. I don't even know who was in Seattle. It was just like this feels like Seattle. Are you into Seattle? It was like giving Seattle. Yeah, like in a bad way. You okay? You don't like Seattle, is what you're saying? Well, I like Seattle in Fifty Shades of Grey. I thought Fifty Shades of Grey was a beautiful portrayal of Seattle. I've never seen it. I left that movie and thought, I love Seattle. It's just like a nice vibe. That's what you left. You left Fifty Shades. That's the takeaway. I saw in Burlington, North Carolina. That's so funny. Yeah. And with Dakota Johnson. Yeah. Baby. I really like her. How do you guys feel about Apple Martin? Who's that? Oh, Gwyneth's kid. The new... Gwyneth Paltrow is in my dream and I just remembered right now. You know when that happens? Gwyneth Paltrow is in your dream. Yes, you don't remember your dream until someone's weird. Or you're stressed out until the middle of the day, and then you realize it was a dream that was stressing you out, or you're uh, mad at someone, mm-hmm. and then you're like, that was a dream. Yeah. 
What was your dream about the this time? Um, I don't know. I she was there though, and then I woke up and I was like, oh, I don't know her. Fuck. You know when you like have something in a dream and then you wake up and you don't have it. For me, this was a relationship with Gwyneth Paltrow, not romantically, just like professionally. I don't know what she was doing. We were just like pals. I really like that. I think she'd be really fun pal. I'm very defensive of her. I agree. Of in Gwyneth? a way. Yeah. I think so many celebrities try to be relatable. It's kind of refreshing to me for all of her issues. Uh, just to have someone that's like, I'm really out of touch. And that's mm-hmm. my appeal. Yeah. And I have no desire to relate to you because our lives are fundamentally different. And I'm really rich. Completely. Rather than. There's a self-awareness to her. Yeah. yeah. There's such like weird poverty oppression porn going on that you're kind of like, I really love someone that's going to have a $200 vibrator. Okay, but I will say, I have two thoughts and they're contradictory. One, her her food stamp thing was like weird, but I think that that was like such a long time ago. And then two, she like did food stamps to show that it was like feasible to eat healthy on food stamps. No. I know, I know. This is a long time ago. That's also not the first influencer to have done that and got canceled for. And she's like, she bought like a sweet potato and I was like, see? But it was like, you're actually malnourished and that's like not... But my, <laughs> I feel like with Goop, people are mad about like medical advice or whatever on it. And it's like, listen, if you, the people that read Goop have the financial resources, if they wanted to, to go to a real fucking doctor. And like, she's not yeah. pretending to be a fucking like doctor. Like she's, it, she is what she is. She's so upfront about it in a way that when people say the medical thing, I'm like, well, yeah, people can choose to be idiot. Like they don't, they yeah. don't really need that. You, that's a good point though, but like the viewership for that is not people who are like unable to uh, like have access to. Yeah, they're not. That's like, also when you, have a, when you have a surplus of resources, your only option is to delve into weird alternative health. Because when you have everything, when you're like, well, what can I access beyond? It goes back know? to what we were talking about before about the like the ultimate like making the best version of your your and like spending so much time on yourself. It yeah. is like they're like, yeah, let me. So many celebrities. If you listen to celebrities on podcasts, all they talk about is like their workout regimens and like the way that. Because I find that so fucked up, up that obsession. And then you read some of these people's workout or whatever diaries, and it's like this is so depressing that you have all the money in the world to eat delicious food and like hang out and go on vacation, and they're like. I start every day at 7 a.m. at Dog Pound, and then I eat two raw Oh, my, wait. And you don't like, understand the the, the, do, the cut that was. The Dog, dog pound? pound? I want to go there so bad. Can you wait, go what is me? the Dog Pound? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, I feel like <laughs> MC, I feel out of the loop. MC, you are the first guest that we've had that knows what Dog Pound is. And what is dog it? Dog Pound is... Except for maybe Jared. But no, Jared Goldstein might know Dog Pound. Okay, we'll have to ask. I want your definition of it. I love it. It's like an Instagram installation of a gym where everyone's working out to like the worst music you've ever. Like it's like Diplo and Bruno Mars remixes blasting while all of these influencers no, while all of these influencers flip tires and do like glute workouts. Yes, the tire flips. Yes, and they work. It's just like a really fascinating look into such a weird part of this culture and people are seeing I don't know it's just such an odd and the workout sessions are like $900 but a lot of people <laughs> they it's really crazy like you should look at their prices and they recently unlocked a new level of course I know this where <laughs> it's like you can pay $50,000 a year for you can use the trainers but it's still limited it's not like $50,000 a year gets you the entire thing they're like you're still limited to like Five class credits a week. What the fuck? And it's like the Hadids and like Kendall Jenner and like models. Or people, I'm gonna, I say models, but also like as someone who is in that space a little bit, people who are like, want to be models well people then pay to go work out it's become such a weird subtle status signal to work out there or be seen leaving there yeah but it's i mean that's so much of what that shit is it's just to be seen doing it it's not to actually do anything which i i feel like the ultimate is um kim kardashian being like my trainer comes to my house and yes. I have a whole separate gym. Yeah. Like, I'm not going out to work out with the people. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to catch Kim Kardashian at a local gym. If Working I had enough money, I would never be seen enough leisure outside of my house. I don't want to be seen do sweating no. in public no. outside. Yeah. And I wait, want a home gym. Kind of like time, opt- time optimization, though, a little bit, is that, like, I actually have a Peloton. And the fact that I go to SoulCycle at all... I, I think about that all the time. <laughs> I think about it all the time. I go, when do you use that? Because... I wrote when I used it today, this morning. I used it today for 40 minutes. And I burned more calories because 
in soul cycle you're not measuring yeah. This is actually very counterintuitive to what we talked about earlier with, with like, being happy. But, like, <laughs> on the Peloton, you have, like, measurements. You like, I stare at my heart rate the whole time. And then I'm just like, more, more, more. So it's, like, not about the feeling. When it's you're like, monitoring it, it's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Do you do Melissa with health? No, but I know countless women, all women, that do Melissa with health. Her just, like, on her patio or whatever. Yeah. Is she, like, Likes. another... I love her. Okay. I'm oh, wait, yeah, I meant to say that, too. I'm on Melissa Wood Health, girly. She's just uh, this really wealthy Hamptons, New York City mother who is married to a millionaire who runs a bunch of nightclubs that are really popular. <laughs> but it's just there's something so dystopian and fun about a woman in her Hamptons mansion being like, so you need to center yourself right now and find time <laughs> in this, like, truly serial killer like background of all white who clay fabric and like the juvederm is on point and she's teaching you about <laughs> is that filler love. that's the word for filler right yes okay slag on and there's just something so wonderful about it and i really love her and her workouts and i find a weird attraction to women like that where i'm like you are not a hair out of place and this like weird fitness thing i was talking about this to someone else i feel like the you know how a lot of, I this is maybe sexist, but I feel like there's this whole rich wife failing business industry where it's like when you your income, when your household income reaches a certain amount, somebody, typically the wife, starts a passion project that uh-huh. loses a lot of money but is like a passion project. And I feel like that used to be cashmere basics and <laughs> like quote unquote elevated essentials yeah and now we're shifting to lifestyle and like novelty olive oils like that's where the money is now in a weird way and she represents that but she's making a ton of money but i just think there's something so funny about someone that wealthy and like traditionally attractive and all this stuff being like you need to find your inner peace do you know sydney miller housework no never mind irrelevant (laughs) it's like a miami girl who moved from new york that does like slider workouts to the beat of the music and it's like a similar vibe slider workouts. i love that sliders. those are a classic too to do a yeah. Lipa, yeah yeah sure. incredible that's so funny okay so our next question is what's a boys club that you wish to see in the world night i feel like is the biggest boys club of all that i'm not a part just of. just nighttime in general yeah i feel like i've never i don't go out a lot at night and i feel like it's such a fun thing to do to just scamper around in the night and i feel like men are able to do that for a dreamer night's the only time of day being mischievous being evil at night i would like to do that okay so that's something i would feel would be off-brand for you <laughs> unsuspectingly off-brand is that you don't like nighttime because not that you don't like it that you don't you're uh, a little vampire do you know what i mean like i could see you just be like it's 1.30, and you're with the I hundies. would love to stalk through the night, yes. But I feel like I get nervous, and then I'm like, I can't. Or you'll be at a party. It's a safety thing. Yeah, it's always a safety thing. I'll be at a party, and I'm like, I would love nothing more than to walk in, like, the shadow. Like, I would like to just mm-hmm. be a little creep at night uh, and just scamper around. And I feel like I am jealous of men at parties, and I'm like, oh, how are you getting home? Obviously trying to coordinate Uber, mm-hmm. you know, let's... They're like, no, I'm just going to walk or I'm going to city bike. And I'm like, you're so dr- Like, it's so nice to be able to do that. And feeling evil. I would love to feel evil. <laughs> I feel like I've been feeling more evil recently. And I feel like that's something that little boys really do. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're babysitting a little boy and you feel him turn evil. Yes. And, or they're just feeling evil and you see them, like, wreck something with such delight. Yeah. I'm like... Would Me love too. to tap into that. Yeah, yeah. I want to ta- feel more evil in my day-to-day life. The night thing? Finding thing. ways to be evil. Yeah. <laughs> the little evils in the world. Yeah. To be evil little sleut. I am always enamored with, like, cis men's, like, true freedom. It, like, it, I'm trying to think of a good example, but, like, I mean, your point about, like, the city bike and the walking home is, like, very clear, too. It's like, yeah, they just, they, they don't ever think about it. But that they get to just scamper around at any time of day. And it's always scampering. Yeah. And I, I don't, I've never scampered. And I would love to do that. To just scamper and feel a little mischievous. Feel a little evil. Yeah. Like, I want to yeah. smash trucks. I want to, like, do a jackass in my own. But mm. you can't, you know. That also is a dead men being, scampering around being yeah. idiots. Yes. Yeah. You We're- see little boys running around sweaty. They've mm-hmm. got, like sweat there's just so much fun and i love that i want to do more of that and i don't think it's like in a i don't say that i'm like a oh like i'm being oppressed and i like 
can't do these things or whatever but i think there's ways we can all incorporate evil and mischief and being a little sweaty in day-to-day life and i would like to be doing more of that i have worked every sunday for the past five or like always on sundays for the past like five years because of my job that's what work is but (laughs) it has occurred to me recently that like in new york there's this thing on like saturday nights where people are out until three in the morning and like no one knows where they are. Well, that sounded crazy that I said it. But it's just like there's like you're absolutely on an island in terms of the structure of your life. Mm-hmm. Like you're there's suddenly this moment where nothing matters and the night's going to take you where it's going to take you. And it's actually the plot of Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. <laughs> and I'm like, I need to take a Sunday off and just do experience that. And mm-hmm. then like go to bed with no fucking plan on Sunday. Mm-hmm. That's what like I want. I feel like that is such a New York thing to be you like. You should do that. That's so it, much fun. One of my favorite things is to be like just awake at night in the like somewhere where it's like nobody knows where and just be like, oh, I'm so alone right now in a way that feels really free. Can mm-hmm. get And you have no quick, responsibilities. <laughs> there's no children. Yeah. There's no partner. It's great. No. I don't have a wife yet. Yeah. I'm gonna live my life. You, you do don't want thing. kids. I don't know, maybe. I go back and forth on it. I think people make it into a huge moral thing when also I feel like it's a very human impulse to want children mm-hmm. in this way that I feel like it's become a weird thing. But yeah. I don't really know. Maybe. Yeah. It's one of those. Yeah. it's It has been turned into something that's like akin to like religion. It's like religious you want kids and it's like yeah it's not a weird thing to i'm want. like we're kind of hardwired to preserve yeah. like i i don't That's know a biological yeah i feel earth. like you say that sometimes here and people are like so you don't care about the environment and i'm like I don't, do you care? Like, what yeah. are, what are we doing? I what don't. What are you doing beyond not having kids? That's really yeah. showing your dedication to the planet. Oh my gosh. I think you're electric. Yeah. This was so much fun. Yeah. Guys. Thank you for doing it. Um, do you want to plug your socials for you? You don't have to. Oh on. yeah. You can find me at DJ Salinger on Instagram and MCU Nanda on Twitter. Awesome. All right. Let's, let's move on three. One, hey, boys. Thanks for listening to our podcast, Boys Club. Connor, where can they find you on socials? You can find me on Instagram at Connor Janda. That's C-O-N-O-R, panda with a J. You can find me at Nico Carney, N-I-C-O, Carney, C-A-R-N-E-Y. You can follow both of us at Boys Club Comedy on Instagram. We have a monthly show at Club Coming, last week of the month. Uh, if you're in New York City, you better come hang out, come part, be part of the club. Okay, see you soon, boys. XOXO. Bye. Thank you.